Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Buzzing About Romance podcast. Um, on this quick shot of romance, um, me, Becky, I forgot who I was. Wow. Um, I'm joined by Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi, Hi Becky. How's it going? Um, apparently bad. I forgot my name for a minute. Um, right, right. Okay. So for this quack, this quack shot. Wow. You're you're starting strong on this one. I'm on fire. Okay. On this quick shot of romance, we're reviewing the holiday brothers, Christmas novellas by Willa Nash. The next few quick shots of romance, we're going to bring you some of our favorite holiday romances, we will also let you know if they pass the buzzing about romance diehard test. Want to know what the diehard test is? Make sure you listen to our Christmas in July episode wherever you get your podcast or on our website. So mm-hmm. the Holiday Brothers is a three Christmas novella that takes place over the same Christmas week in Bozeman, Montana. We'll briefly break down each book and then give you an overall thought on the series and let you know if it passes the diehard Christmas test. Okay, so book one, the synopsis from Goodreads, book one is the naughty nanny, the naughty, the nanny, and the nice. One week with one little girl, an angel, according to my staffing agency, acting as the short-term, short-term nanny for a single dad should, be, should have been an easy way to make some extra cash. Until I show up for my first day and face off with a demon disguised as a seven-year-old girl wearing a red tutu and matching matching glitter slippers. Oh, and her father, my temporary boss, Maddox Holiday, the same Maddox Holiday I crushed on in high school, the same Maddox Holiday who didn't even know I existed, and the same Maddox Holiday who hasn't set foot in Montana for years because he's been too busy running his billionaire empire. Enduring seven days is going to feel like scaling the Himalayas in six-inch heels. Toss in the holiday family's annual soiree, and Christmas Eve nightmares really do come true. But I can do anything for a week, especially for this paycheck, even if it means wrangling the naughty, impressing the nice, and playing the nanny. So this is a recent release. This is November 4th of 2021. Trope, nanny, single dad. He's divorced, uh, small town, billionaire, slow burn, um, and these are novellas. Put out percentage on this is 83%. Yes, which um, it makes sense, though. Like, it's it's not a slow burn just for the sake of slow burn, but it's also a novella, so. I disagree. I disagree. Even a kiss, like... There were some moments. Now, I will say the opening scene of this book starts out really, really strong. Like it was mm-hmm. funny. She's in the kitchen with a big giant. The little girl's in the kitchen with a big giant knife <laughs> and a tutu uh, trying to get at some pie that she wants. I mean, and the chef. I don't is, blame her. I like pie. I do too. I like I pie. <clears throat> so let's set this up a little bit. Uh, Maddox Holiday is the single dad. He's a billionaire. He started his own streaming network. Yes. When he was in college, recently divorced. Um, the ex-wife is, is from terrible. hell. She's the worst. Terrible. The absolute worst. And the way she treats Violet, who is the daughter, I just wanted to like 
boob slap her like yeah, hard. She, like she, not a- she was terrible in all aspects. Now I will say Maddox is a nice guy, but he's the peacemaker in the family. He's the oldest of the brothers. Um, but he doesn't want to make waves with anybody Mm-mm. almost to his detriment. I would say. Yeah. Because the, the whole situation with the ex-wife, like he kind of just panders to her. He does. Yeah. And, and it just, it was frustrating because it's like, you are a capable man who is like the CEO of like this big company and you're pandering and allowing like her to do this and you're not putting your foot down. That was my big thing. It was the way that he dealt with the situation with Violet and Cece, like, cause he could have made it so much different. Yeah. But- so Natalie is the nanny. Mm-hmm. She actually knew Maddox when they were younger. The family, the holiday family used to live in her neighborhood and then they started a construction company and now the family is very wealthy and Bozeman has exploded in wealth in the recent years and mm-hmm. they live a, they live in a different income level than what Natalie currently is living. Yes. Um she works as a nanny. She has dreams, but due to her own life circumstances, um bad breakup, uh her mother's situation with her mother leaving her when she was a young girl. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of been lost for a lot of years. But she, but like, she is a little bit lost, but she is not unhappy though. Like she loves working with the kids. Like she loves being a nanny. She really enjoys it. Like she made some missteps because what teenager doesn't. Um, yeah. But overall, like aside from the fact that she doesn't feel like she can, really afford to make those next steps. And she's like holding on to a couple little pieces of her past that like, she's not ready to let go of for reasons. Like she doesn't really even understand, but overall, like she, she's not stuck. She just is like, she's, it's hard for her to make that it's next more step. like she's stuttering in place a little bit. Like the momentum is there. She just has got to take that leap. Mm-hmm. Um, so Violet is the daughter of Maddox. Um, she's seven. She is sassy and adorable and totally likes sweet things. Yes. Um, she does like her desserts and all those things. And I liked her and Natalie's interactions. I think for a nanny romance, it was, it, there was a lot of kid time on the page, which is okay. I'm perfectly mm-hmm. okay with that. Um, but she and she, Natalie and Violet connected on a level that, really helped with the momentum of the storyline. It did. And I think the way in which it played out um, at, like at the party, there's a scene that happens in the way that it plays out. I don't think it would have worked as well if Violet and Natalie had not had the types of interactions they had previous to that. Yeah. Um, okay. And so in this story, we do see a little glimpse of the holiday parents. I really liked mm-hmm. both of them. Yeah. Um, and then we also get to meet Natalie's dad and Judy, who is her stepmother. Yes. But Judy's and, kind of an angel a little bit in her own. Yes. And the thing with Natalie is she almost like her life kind of parallels like Violet's life and the things that they're going through in some ways. And so like when she talks about Judy and like what an amazing part of her life she is now, like she really like brings it down, like talks to Violet about like how much of a piece of her life Judy is and how wonderful Judy is. And I think having the two of them 
have similarities worked really well with this story. Okay, so next up is book two in the Holiday <clears throat> Brothers series, Three Bells, Two Bows, and One Brother's Best Friend. Do you want me okay. to read the synopsis or do you want to read the synopsis? I can read it. Okay. I pride myself in being grounded. Sure, I've had my share of childhood fantasies, winning an Oscar, winning the lottery, winning an Olympic medal for an athletic talent I have yet to discover. But the only fantasy I ever thought might actually happen was winning my brother's best friend, Heath Holiday. My crush on him has ebbed and flowed over the years, but the day I started working for his construction company was the day I smothered it for good. Sort of, mostly. It was on my to-do list. Making it a priority would have been easier had he not arrived at his family's annual Christmas party looking ridiculously handsome in a suit. Then he kissed me. We stepped into an alternate, alternate universe and he kissed me. I assumed the next day I'd just be Guy's little sister again, the office newbie, our kiss forgotten, except he keeps showing up at my house with gifts, a gold bracelet carrying three jingling bells, two dainty jeweled earrings, each shaped as a bow, and finally he brought himself. One brother's best friend asking if I can keep a secret. So this again released November 4th of 2021, Brother's Best Friend, Holiday Romance, and Heath Pines. He does pine. Put out percentage on this novella is 46%. It is. Yes. So it's not quite as slow, but still kind of slow. Okay. So let's talk. um, Let's talk about Heath. He is the middle brother. Or is he the youngest? He's a twin. Well, they're twins. So, I mean, I don't know if he's the older twin or the younger twin, but he is one of the twins. He is the heir apparent to the family's construction company. They build luxury homes. Yes. Um, and so he's a project manager, heir apparent. And, um, but he really does enjoy his job too. Like he goes into it and he likes it. But he, um, so he has been best friends with Stella's brother, Gus, for... Guy. 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 Oh, it guy. says Gus here. I was just reading Guy. Sorry. So Guy... Oh, it does say. <laughs> some typing issues today. Just me. So Heath and Guy have been best friends forever. And Stella is a few years younger, a couple years younger than them. And Guy is extremely protective and overbearing when it comes to Stella. And so Heath has always kind of had a thing for her. Yeah. He's been very hands-off in respect of what Guy has asked him to do, but Guy is a jackass. He is totally a frat boy. He's a total frat guy. He doesn't really like, he doesn't really take into consideration other people's feelings. He has zero filter. He drinks all the time. He parties. He's a bit of a womanizer. Well, he has an on again, off again. Yeah, like he girlfriend. Bre- breaks up with his girlfriend again. But there are moments, like, because there's this scene where the three of them go out for a drink. And he is mean. He like, is mean. mean to his sister. And he, like, plays it off as, like, he's joking. But, it like, he's not. And Stella really takes it to heart. And then Heath gets mad on her behalf. And then Guy's like, why are you mad? Like, I'm joking. But I can see why Heath has kept his distance. I can mm-hmm. see why he has said, okay, that's a line I'm not going to cross because Guy just kind of seems volatile. Like, you just don't know mm-hmm. what's going to tip him off the wrong way. All of that being said, when 
there's some moments early on between the two of them when, so Stella's been hired by Holiday Construction to come and be a project manager. Yeah. And it's a job she went to college for. She is well um, Like qualified. she's worked in this position for another company and it did not work out. And so actually their dad hired her. Like Mr. Holiday did the hiring and thought that she would be a perfect fit for this job. But there are some great moments between the two of them where they're both fighting their attractions, but you just really see what a stand-up guy Heath is and how mm-hmm. difficult it's been on him over the years to keep his distance. Yeah. Because he finds her smart. He finds her funny. He enjoys her company. He's mm-hmm. very protective of her. There is a scene with a uh, customer that they're building a house for who's kind mm-hmm. of an asshole. And yeah. Heath steps in and he defends Stella and he doesn't, he doesn't but back he doesn't, down. But he also doesn't do it in a way that is demeaning to her not and her all. abilities like no. he is he is there to defend her but he's also supportive of her in the fact that she is fully capable of doing what she is supposed to do and basically tells this guy like you're wrong like she yeah. can do this now stella's best friend wendy plays a little piece into this story and i do mm-hmm. like wendy i do, I do like do. wendy well and uh-huh. i think that Wendy's ending, like it's kind of perfect because she, her and Guy butt heads. They do not get along. They do not. But but there's there's reasons for that. There absolutely is. Yes. Um, okay, so now we are on to book three in this series, and this is a partridge and a pregnancy. You want to read the synopsis? I do. There are a lot of places I'd rather spend Christmas Eve morning than any cold, snowy sidewalk outside someone else's home. I'd kill to be sitting beside a fireplace, drinking cocoa, wearing flannel pajamas, and reading a book. Instead, (laughs) excuse me, instead I'm here standing in front of my one night stand's house, working up the courage to ring the doorbell and tell him I'm pregnant. I hate that term, one night stand. It sounds so creepy and sleazy. Tobias Holiday is neither of those things. He's handsome and caring, witty and charismatic, and once a long time ago, he was he was mine. Our one-night reunion was only supposed to be a hookup, a fling with an old lover, a parting farewell before I moved to London and put my feelings for him an ocean away. How exactly am I supposed to explain that to Tobias? Explain that to Tobias that I'm having a baby. His baby. Maybe I could sing it. He always loved the silly songs I made up in the shower. Three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pregnancy. So again, this released November. This released November 4th of 2021. This is a second chance romance, Mm -hmm. holiday romance, one night stand, accidental pregnancy. Put out percentage was 51%. Yes, because the one night stand happens off page like that. Yes. It is before everything happens. So this this story is very Tobias and Eva heavy. It you is. don't yes. really see a ton of sprinkling in Maddox's story. We saw a little bit sprinkling of the brothers in that. Mm-hmm. And in Heath and Stella's story, we saw a little bit sprinkling of Maddox a minute with Tobias. But Tobias and Eva really their book is their book. Well, and I think part of the reason is these three books, they run 
simultaneously. Like you do not have to read them in like one, two, and three. You can read them three, two, one, two, three, one. Like, but their sto the storylines run simultaneously. So Tobias finds out about the pregnancy and he kind of shuts down and just hides. And I and so that is why you don't get a lot of him in the other books because Maddox is out doing his thing. Like he actually is hiding in his parents' house. But like Tobias, like he he just he's spinning he's freaking the heck out mm -hmm. and um and part of the problem is eva i can't remember what she does but her work takes her all over the place and they're short they're contracts so she's like only going to be in london for 11 months and then she'll yeah. be back stateside and tobias is not okay with this he doesn't want to be a part-time parent mm -hmm. he wants to be there for everything now tobias is an architect Yes. for his father's home building con company um mm -hmm. he does all the designs and so you know he is faced with this quandary of you know how can i still be the architect for my dad's company and help my brother run this company when dad retires because they all feel like dad's on the verge of retiring um but also the woman he really does love you know their breakup was not necessarily because they didn't love each other anymore well, and I think part of it too, though, is it's, it's their like history is almost repeating itself. Like, yes, the pregnancy is new, but like they broke up the first time because he wanted to stay like with his, like near his parents and she wanted to travel and do her thing. And he didn't want that. But I think that's part of it too, is like, she has this mindset of how her life should be in it's hard for him to, to understand that. But the big issue with the two of them is they don't talk about these things. No, the communication between the two of them drives you bonkers. It just mm -hmm. drives you bonkers. Um, I, and honestly, I struggled with this third one a little bit. I love an accidental pregnancy that had nothing to do with it. I think it was their lack of communication. Mm -hmm. It was like, it's not so hard. Get out of your dang heads, people. Well, and I and I think a big part of it though too is like Tobias was very un unwilling to bend. Like he was yeah. very like, this is how it's supposed to be. This is what's gonna happen. And like not that Eva was not like she wasn't super willing to compromise, but at least she was willing to talk about some sort of compromise. Yeah. Like he wasn't even willing to do that. And I think that was the hardest part that I had with the story is he was so set on this one path like it didn't matter what anybody said well like, it was this, this conversation this and it was the conversation with heath where heath was like you Which, can design yeah. homes anywhere so um okay so overall thoughts on this ser series um what do you think is this um i don't i don't want to say like did you like it did you not do you think that the storylines worked well do you think I she did a great did. job of making sure that the timelines matched up since they're all kind of in the <laughs> same time did. frame? Like, I really think the timelines themselves, like they flowed really well together. I mean, it's a short, um, short amount of time. Like all three of the stories, they happen. It's about a week, two weeks max where all of this stuff is happening. Like it's really yeah. quick timelines, but I think it worked really well. It did work really well. Um, Okay, so did you like this series? I do like this series. I like the way it was written. 
I like the quirkiness of some of the characters. I like the relationships that the brothers had with each other, even though you don't see a ton of interaction with them. Like, you know, like, and even like Maddox and Tobias, like there's even a moment where Maddox is, talks about how he's lost touch with Tobias a little bit and it's his own fault. And he makes the effort in Tobias's book to, to make that step because he is moving back to Montana. Yeah. Um, I did like the series. I will say I had favorites for sure. And I'm sure you guys mm -hmm. can tell where we kind of liked our favorites and what didn't yeah. necessarily work for us. Um, but you know, if you're looking for a fun, quick read, you know, you mm -hmm. got a couple hours in an evening and you want to just sit on the couch by the Christmas tree, sipping your cocoa. I, you know, this series is good for that. Yeah. Um, okay. So who would typically like this series? Um, people who just like novellas, like any novella reader would, um, any novella reader would really enjoy these stories Yeah, because they're, they're concisely done novellas. Like you get a fully fleshed out story in those pages. Yeah. You get care. You know who these characters are. You believe in the HEA in the end. So if you are, if you want a well-developed novella story, mm -hmm. these these are, work these work for you mm -hmm. um would you recommend this series i would definitely recommend this series like i really enjoy the way devney writes as well on ash and i think that it she just they work really well together yeah um yeah i guess i would recommend it if someone's looking for a quick holiday read but this comes into the christmas diehard test right does so. this pass the diehard test. So let's let's go book by book. Does the naughty, the nice, and the nanny pass the Christmas diehard test? Truthfully, I you don't really have to break them down because I okay, don't good. I don't feel like any of them they don't could pass the diehard test because they would work if it was like a birthday dinner, like it would work if it was a fourth of July party. I think that there are little tiny nuances that you get for the like hall like the christmas aspect of it but if it was like the, the christmas party at the very end it could be any sort of big party and it would work yeah it doesn't pass the diehard test all of the things maddox being in town from los angeles he was moving back to montana it didn't need to be christmas time that he moved it could no. happen in the middle of the summer yeah. um stella being hired by the holiday family construction company could have happened in October. It didn't yeah. need to be Christmas. Um, and the pregnancy one night stand again, it didn't have it to happen on Christmas Eve. Yeah. It could have been whenever. So um, these are great, but if you're looking for, you know, like a very enriched holiday Christmas theme novella, I think you could read these any time of year. Yeah. But they are really, they are good novellas for, very you good novellas to read them, but they don't exactly like sprinkle the Christmas glitter. They do not sprinkle or trinkle as Becky is trinkle, as I like to say, um, it does not trinkle the Christmas glitter, but they are good stories. They're good. Yeah, they are. Um, okay. Do you have a book you think we should review for a quick shot of romance? Make sure you send us an email at the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. We want to know what you think we should be reading and reviewing. We're getting ready to set our January quick shots and are always looking for book recommendations. So make sure you send you us are. an email. Yes. Um, until next time, everyone. 
Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 